When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Deshaun Watson dot connecting, uh, our NJ Advanced Media roster series ahead of training camp, and the uncertainty at tight end, mainly around Zach Ertz. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. I'm feeling great. It's, it's Friday, and we're recording on Friday, and uh, light, we're getting inching ever so closely now, less than two weeks till training camp. How are you doing? Well, other, you know, people that, that follow me on social media and know how much I like chicken parm. And yesterday, um, I was reheating some chicken parm and just straight up nuked it. And it was flaming hot, but I didn't see a lot of like steam coming from it. So I was like, all right, cool. Maybe it's just like room temperature, whatever. Nope. Uh, burnt like the inside of my throat. Uh, so I'm in a very, uh, hopefully you don't hear it in my voice. I mean, my voice is normally pretty, you know, whiny anyway, I guess, but, uh, hopefully I don't have some extra rasp to it, but, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then my kid, um, has been doing this thing where he wakes up in the middle of the night, jumps in our bed and just won't go back to sleep. So not, not very heavy on the sleep as of late. Uh, did see Black Widow yes last night. Probably a poor choice based on my kid's sleep habits, but <laughs> really enjoyed that. And so it's uh, worth going out to see. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of like GoldenEye. They definitely did a, a few homages to uh, 007. I thought the cast was great. Um, I think uh, Florence Pugh. I call her Flo P. Uh, <laughs> is just a star. Um, Rosenblatt loved it too. Uh, he saw it uh, with our buddy Jeremy, um, who gets to review movies and eat great food, which might be the best job in the state of New Jersey. So, um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely would put it above the first two Thor movies. The first uh captain marvel movie um probably avengers 2 Ooh. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, I liked it better than Guardians 2, but I'm sure I'll get flack for that. Uh, <laughs> That's some high praise. Yeah, yeah I liked it way more than I like Doctor Strange. Um, I, I'd, I'd say it's kind of middle of the pack. As far, I think this was the 24th Marvel movie. I'd probably put it in like the 10 to 12 range. I really liked it. Uh, I mean, there there are flaws in the third act, and but the... The opening of this movie is tremendous, and the title card is actually a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit that's done by a female artist that I'm going to look up after we get done with the podcast. I thought it was really well done. But anyway, um, football, right? With your movie reviews. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's like a throwback to when Zach and I used to host the show. Um, Well, uh eagles right um so we are in like kind of as the quote-unquote dead period the slow news days uh look zach Ertz is still here um but obviously adam schefter was on 97.5 fanatic this week and kind of dot connected I, i a lot of people took it as a report that the eagles were you know just very into Deshaun Watson. We've known about this for a really long time. It's been reported in multiple ways. It's been hinted at in multiple ways. To me, what Schefter said was essentially dot connecting. Here's why. Okay. uh, If you're not familiar, the Eagles have a plethora of draft picks. They have two first round picks, two second round picks. One of those can become a first round pick. They also have an extra fifth round pick. So they have 10 draft picks heading into this year. They also have a history of giving out second chances with controversial issues. Obviously, they signed Michael Vick following his uh, incarceration, stemming from dogfighting. They backed both Riley Cooper and Deshaun Jackson following racially insensitive comments that they made. Um, You know, this is a team that's just known for, for kind of giving someone the benefit of the doubt and allowing them to explore their second chance. Uh, oh, and by the way, they're a QB factory. They're obsessed with the quarterback position. They also have an unproven quarterback at the top of their depth chart. Um, so there's, and also Deshaun Watson's contracts only, uh, his base salary this year is only about $9.8 million. Uh, if they were to trade Zach Ertz, they would gain $8.5 million, trade or cut Ertz, that is. Uh and I think right now they're hovering around like $3.5 million. So they'd be at $12 million there and then they could make other things work. But um, it's certainly feasible uh, on the surface. They can obviously give probably the best package to the Dolph- or to the Texans, largely due to the Dolphins kind of, you know, outthinking themselves with that trade back with, San Francisco and then immediate trade up with the Eagles. They gave the Eagles the Dolphin their own pick. Um, the Dolphins still have the Texans pick, but trading back a pick doesn't kind of make it worth its salt, I guess. But um, the thing that's not being touched on nationally or really locally is the fact that Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. And we'll get into that um, a little bit more with our discussion. But where are you at? Well, obviously, before we, I, I guess we get into that, um, in case you're, you've been living under a rock, Deshaun Watson faces 22 civil co- uh, suits uh, of sexual misconduct stemming from uh, multiple different accusations. Um, so far, none of those suits have been settled. 
Um, and while he has no criminal charges as of now, the Houston police are investigating the matter, um, I think as recently as this past week. They noted that the investigation is ongoing. Again, nothing has been settled. Uh, if this goes to court, uh, there is a decent chance, given the amount of charges that Watson faces, that uh, he could be put on the commissioner's exempt list, um, which would put him in a place where he would miss games, potentially the season. Um, the NFL typically doesn't suspend uh, players for civil suits, but given the amount of suits and given the nature of those suits, there is an assumption that the NFL could look into handing out a punishment of some sort uh, to Watson. Um, now, there there stands a chance that he could settle these suits in court. That doesn't necessarily give a, a verdict, uh, whether he's guilty or not, but it does essentially um, take that those disputes off the table. Uh, and theoretically, that's when a, a team would probably be more willing to trade for Watson. Um, the Eagles, while I do think they will have interest, won't be alone. The Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, he Watson played at Clemson. He's got, you know, ties to that area. And then also the Miami Dolphins could have interest. The Dolphins were, were reportedly on Watson's list of teams that he wanted to be traded to. So having said all of this, Chris, where do you stand on Deshaun Watson? Well, right now, like, like you said, mentioned, it's all in allegations and through the courts right now and, and, and jockeying for see what's going to happen from here. But even if it all cleared up, I'm staying away from him for at least a year. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts right now. You you have to see what you have in Hurts with a full season. I mean, you took him. I, I still personally, my heart of hearts, believe that there is more to that, more to the Eagles taking him that early instead of just using him as a backup quarterback and using him in packages. I just think looking at the history they had with Wentz and, and they can say that, hey, they – they wanted somebody to be a good backup option for them. But looking now, you, you need to see what you have in them. I mean, the players have or seem to be rallying behind him. He seems to have won over the locker room. You have he has a he has talent and he hasn't had a full year to fully get his feet under him. He's going into a second system as is. So I think you have to allow him to get time. He's already gotten acclimated with a lot of the receivers and you give him this year to see what he can do. If he proves that he is QB one for the foreseeable future for a couple years down the line, three, four, five, you can use those draft picks to build around him or perish of thoughts, you know, uh, start replenishing, helping out the defenses or other needs such as cornerback and getting a long-term solution there instead of uh, stop gaps. So I think, you have to give Hurts this year. Let him see, get it full year. See what you can do. What he what he can do, and if he proves himself that he's good, hey, you got something. If not, then you have the asses. But with Watson, there's just too much stuff around right now. It's going to be a distraction, no matter where you go, everywhere you go. And even if he settled the cases tomorrow and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm ready to go." Now nah, it's just it, the uncertainty is there when it comes to the commissioners because. We've heard Goodell's philosophy before of protecting the shield, and 
every day that this lingers, it continues to scratch away at that so-called shield, so the, the NFL shield. So give him you, you have to let that thing rest for a while, and, and it, it, those aren't just those aren't easy accusations to just go. Okay, now focus on football. Now there's some heavy stuff, so that's stick with Hurts. What are you doing? I mean, I look. I I agree with you. I think I think this is a sticky situation. It's it's not one where it, there's an obvious answer, in my opinion, um, because you know, from a from an off the field standpoint, clearly this is you know the floor is lava, as it were, um, and so you know, I. Yeah, until anything is settled, I, I would not be even inquiring about Deshaun Watson. That said, he is a 25-year-old, uh, three-time pro bowler, coming off his best season. Um, there's a ton of upside there. Um, he's probably a top-five quarterback in the league, if not better. And... You know, the Eagles are obsessed with the position. That said, there's a moral obligation, um, in my opinion, to not only this organization, but, um, you know, society. And and I think you've got to be able to balance, you know, your desire to win with your moral obligation. Um, Obviously, this is a business and this business is based on winning, but... um, I don't see this as being similar to the Michael Vick situation at all. Um, Michael Vick was signed to be a backup quarterback uh, coming off of paying, you know, for his crimes um, and, and had a really good redemption story. This is a purely civil suit involving some pretty heinous allegations. Um, and I think that should be, weighted as such. So, um, you know, this isn't simply yelling on an offensive word. This is not, um, making an offensive social media post. This is something, especially in today's day and age that should not be, um, ignored if these allegations are, are proven true in a court of law. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is something that seeing on social media has split the fan base. There are fans that just want to win. There are fans that are like, we want nothing to do with Watson. So um, I think this is going to be an interesting situation to monitor. That said, the thing that I want to talk about, I brought it up earlier. No one's really talking about this, but Deshaun Watson might not want to go to Philadelphia. Uh, you know, this roster... Uh, it's funny. A lot of people bring out how untalented this roster is. Why would Deshaun Watson, ha- who has a no trade clause, want to come here when he knows the media scrutiny following his legal issues is going to be as epic as is anywhere else? Um, talk radio is going to talk about this all the time. Um, when he could go to some place like Carolina, where obviously he's got the connection to Clemson, he can be a, a hometownish hero. I think he's from Atlanta, but you know what I mean. And then you know Miami, which is is seemingly poised for a run if the quarterback play is is great. So uh, I don't think it necessarily matters if the Eagles want Deshaun Watson. I think Watson's got to want the Eagles because the Eagles won't be his only option. 
he can straight up say, you know, Carolina's interested, Miami's interested, Houston, I don't want to be here, but you're going to have to take these offers if you want to get rid of me. Um, and at this point, it seems like the Texans have become, you know, clearly resolute in potentially moving on once they're able to get a decent value for him. And I, I think um, when you look at Carolina, uh, yeah, they traded for Sam Darnold, but, you know, you could do something where, you know, you're, you're looking at um, maybe moving Darnold to the Texans uh, with some picks and maybe that appeases the, the Houston. I, I don't know, but I think that's something that needs to be discussed. Chris, from your perspective, looking like kind of at the situation as a whole, where do you think Watson would want to go? Because do you think Philly would be the first choice? Because to me, I, I, I think it's clear that Carolina would be my first option if I'm him. For me, I think my first option would be the Miami Dolphins for the for two reasons, one on the field and one off the field. On the field, they I think they have a lot of young talent on there. It's got Chase. I mean, they, they think that offense is just lacking consistency at the quarterback position, and he would immediately bump that team up and be great. The other part is, and I think this isn't a talked about a lot, is is the fact is when it comes to this, the income tax down in Florida. I mean, yeah. you get to keep more of your money as opposed to going to North Carolina or or Philadelphia. I mean, those game checks, the fact that that makes up a lot of money that, that you don't have to pay out. So I think Miami, from his perspective, Miami would be the best part. Now from the Texans, I don't know if I want to trade him within my conference. Right. Because you see, you just see him potentially facing him. And I'm not saying the Houston's nowhere near this part, but one day Houston, say if Houston builds themselves all the way up to the AFC championship game and, Oh wait, you have to play Deshaun Watson and he beats. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> that would be a good look. So if they trade them out the conference, I still think Carolina has a better situation, better setup. I think you would rather go to Carolina than Philadelphia uh, because I think they also one that he's granted they play in Charlotte, but he's from that, that region. They he's played college, collegially in that region, so he knows the area, knows the lay of the land, and I think right now I think they still have a little bit better a better setup than the Eagles do. Yeah, I, the Eagles have a lot of talent, but it's it, looking at all the factors around the team. I, I think the Eagles are third on that list. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me because, you know, the Texans and the Dolphins obviously made that Tunsil deal. And it seems like the Texans are like Bobby Bonilla in the, the trade, the, the <laughs> trade expenses. I feel like the, the, the Dolphins like find a way to just get more juice out of the squeeze with every inch of that trade. Um, you know, prolonging the value there, but you know, like that. So if I'm the Texans, maybe I don't want to make that move uh, with them just based on that principle. But to me, it's, if I'm the Texans, I'm trying to get assets, but I'm also looking at veteran players. Like if, if the Dolphins offered me Xavier Howard and a first round pick, I'm taking that and running with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be hard to get superstar players to come to Houston for a while. So being able to trade for one, it's kind of like with Jacksonville back in the day where they like just kind of like had to deal for guys as opposed to signing them on their own free will. Um, 
I think Houston's going to be a tough sell for a I mean, look, they signed like 95 free agents this year on one-year deals, but a lot of those guys were like mid-tier free agents. I'm talking about like superstars and Xavier Howard's coming off a, a year where he led the league in interceptions. I think he's led the league in interceptions twice. Just a really talented player, wants out, you know. I, I think that's really interesting. Here's another thing I'll throw out there, and I don't think this would ever happen, but what if you're what if you're the Jets and you think like, hey, look, Watson's now available. What if we trade Zach Wilson and something to the Texans? Like maybe that enthralls them. I, I don't know. Um, but I don't think I think there will be at least five to six teams interested in Deshaun Watson, regardless of the legal ramifications or, or commissioner's list. Personally, I agree with you. I would not try to trade for him before 2022. Um, I just think like that's when you've got to handle with like oven mitts because it's just those allegations are just something that really needs to be taken seriously. They need to be vetted seriously. Um, we need to see where this all kind of goes. Um, and you know what? For some fans, a settlement will not be good enough. Uh, I think you will see even more blowback to a trade for Deshaun Watson for teams than than we than we in Philadelphia saw from Michael Vick. So, um, yeah. So let's move on to something else because I mean this has been a long Deshaun Watson conversation. Obviously, it's the hot button topic right now. Um, but Zacherts, the Zacherts saga, right? Uh, look, as we sit right now, it is July 16th. Uh, the Eagles report to camp on July 27th. That's in 11 days. Zacherts is still on the Eagles roster. Um, I've done some digging around. Nothing big, nothing new on that front. I know there's been rumors about Buffalo. Those were unfounded. Um, Right now, it's like a sit-and-wait situation. But I got to tell you, something that's not really being discussed is the way that the normal um, – so, like, old school, back in the day, you could hold out from training camp, and once everybody reached an agreement or there was an extension made or everybody was happy, the 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 fines would go away. The fines were basically like paper tiger fines. With the new CBA, that's not the case anymore. If you're fined, you're fined, and like that's the that's it. So for Zach Ertz, while he skipped the offseason program, there was no mandatory minicamp, so he wasn't going to get fined for that. But training camp is mandatory. You're going to get fined, um, and so his and he's it's in his best interest to actually show up. But here's the thing: he can hold in. I know that's like a new phrase. He Not hold out, hold in. So if he shows up to the Novacare Complex, uh, one, the Eagles are risking potential injury to a trade asset who doesn't want to be there. Um, they're also dealing with a disgruntled veteran cornerstone player who's going to show up and, well, force their hand. Because, look, this honeymoon phase with Nick Sirianni is, is real. Like the, uh, despite Michael Robinson saying that there's like issue, like people questioning him, of course they're going to question him. He's a first year head coach, but everyone I've talked to, and this is upwards of 20 something players has been ecstatic about uh, Sirianni's approach to coaching and teaching. So uh, you don't want to, you don't want to muddy those waters. Um, 
So right now his best leverage is to hold in because essentially you're forcing the Eagles hand. Hey, do you want a disgruntled employee who could risk injury? Who's coming off a poor season? Who's highly paid? Who, if he gets injured, you're basically screwed because you, a, you can't trade him, and B, you're probably going to have to put him on IR and you can't really use him. But on top of that, when you only have like $3.5 million available, you're losing out on being able to gain $8.5 million. So right now the leverage is solely in Ertz's court if he decides to show up. So the Eagles need to kind of figure this out over the next 11 days. Where are you at? Would you keep Zach Ertz or would you trade him? At this point, I, I, I think you have to trade him. I mean – I mean, that scenario you talk about the city, it sounds like in-school suspension. You just bring them in there, you just keep them away, and you, you hope you learn. No, nah, it's just uh, at this point, and I know Jason Michael said he's been in contact with him when, when we had the availabilities with the coaches. He's been in contact, he's talking, but it just seems like he's moved on, and, he, and, and, and he's ready to start that, that new chapter. I mean, we've we saw it on his face, like the, the emotion he showed, it, like – it showed that finality of it. And I think he's accepted it and he's willing to go on. And the team is trying to get as much as they can of value, but the market's dictating, we know the situation, we're just going to wait. And no team, the team's knowing, I don't, no, they're not getting a first, not getting a second, not getting a third. And, and unless there's a major injury to somebody on another team, then somebody needs to tight end right away, you may not even get a fourth. So at this point, I think the Eagles have to get the best deal they possibly can and move on from that situation and use that money to shore up a couple other spots on this roster because we, we know their needs. And to, to have a person who just seems like they don't want to play here anymore and just to try to get as much as you can. I know you're trying to get as much as you can, but it doesn't look like you're going. they're going to get the asking price. So, And the last thing this team needs is – a distraction going in with a new head coach. It's his first training camp. You want to get the vibes going. You want to get all these, your culture set. And the last, you don't want to have a veteran that started out with a veteran and says, I don't want to be here. The team has to find a way to trade him. If he, if he, tur- if he turns this around and says, you know what, I'm going to be a professional. And he is a professional guy. There's, there's nothing, I haven't seen anything or heard anything that, would say otherwise, but if he decides to change his tune and says, you know, I want to be a Philadelphia Eagle next year, I'll go for it. Then you just have another weapon. But it just seems like he's he, he's mentally or he's just done with Philadelphia, and they just have to move on themselves. Yeah. I, so let me let me paint a scenario, put out a scenario for you though. The Bills offer a conditional seventh round pick. Are you taking it? At this point, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, because like we in the media like to degrade trades, and at this point, there's no way the Eagles can get an A for this. What I would do if I were the Eagles is sell the fact that, hey, 8.5 million, 8.5 million. I mean, look, I think what the Eagles know they have to do is the second they trade Zach Ertz, they're going to have to get on the phone with with the agents for cornerbacks, specifically Steven Nelson. They're going to have to search the trade, the trade market for a cornerback. Like that's going to be the way to, you know, bring out the sunshine following the cloudy move of a trade for the trade of Zach Ertz, right? Like that's that there's an easy out there. And I'm wondering if the Eagles are waiting for that 
that ball to drop. Maybe they're shopping for a cornerback right now and waiting for Zacherts to, you know, to send Zacherts off, you know? Um, But here's the thing. They're going to look bad no matter what. Uh, This situation has like gone on worse than, I I think it's made both look bad. I mean, not from a standpoint of character. Zacherts has played this extremely well over the last six months, not speaking, not, uh, not being a bad teammate. It seems like players are still talking to him. Coaches are still talking to him. There's open communication, but as far as like whining about wanting to be here, et cetera. Um, but I think it's shown that Zach Ertz isn't the player that he thought he was when he turned down the initial extension that the Eagles offered him. I think it also shows that the Eagles aren't going to get compensation for him and probably should have traded him in the middle of last season before he got injured. So it's it's an interesting dynamic there. Uh, I mean, look, if they can get a, a – the way I would do it, and my background in public relations tells me this is the right move, I would trade him for somebody who's on a rookie deal um, who might not be a great scheme fit for a new staff um, and have him come in. Uh, you know – uh, Caleb on chase on would be an interesting guy. Uh, former first round pick for the Jaguars. Wasn't really a fit at defensive end, but maybe he makes a lot more sense at Sam linebacker. Uh, you look at somebody like with the bills, um, maybe there's an offensive lineman that they like who could become a swing tackle. Maybe there's, um, you know, somebody like Zach Moss who, who might be able to compete, with uh, Miles Sanders for carry, something of that sort. I mean, I doubt they trade Zach Moss, but, um, or maybe it's Devin Singletary. But uh, I I think you can sell the upside of a guy being on a rookie contract who has upside, who just might not be the scheme fit for, or or may have worn out their welcome somewhere else. But anyway, that's just me like musing off the top of my head. Um, The last thing I kind of want to get into are the locks to make this roster. So I've been going, I'm doing this series uh, throughout training or throughout the buildup to training camp. And I have 17 locks on offense and 18 locks on special team slash defense. I'm going to, I'm going to read these locks to you and you're going to tell me fact or fiction. Okay. All right. Um, Just based on these projections. So first lock, Jalen Hurts, barring a trade, obviously, for Deshaun Watson, which I would think if they did that, he would be part of the deal. Right. He's, that's a fact. I, I think he's here throughout the season. Joe Flacco. I think that's a lock as well, too. Veteran guy you need, veteran guy that can help you out. Yep. Miles Sanders. That's definitely a lock. Um, <clears throat> Kenny Gainwell. Uh, before, before you get into this, I want to tell you, I've spoken to people both in – the organization and outside the organization, they are very, very high on Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I think they were stunned they got him in the fifth round. He, as I brought up multiple times, he's like a Naheem Hines clone. It, it makes a lot of sense. So what do you got? Oh, I think that's he's he's versatile. You can use him and Sanders in, in a combo on the field at the same time and create a lot of matchup problems. So that's definitely a lock. Devontae Smith. Oh, if if that happens and he cut, I uh, make sure you have the police and fire around Novacare because I think that everybody would just send on an Novacare complex if he cut. Jalen Rager, <laughs> I think that's a lock as well too. I think he has a bounce back here. 
Travis Fulgham, before you get into it, again, I've spoken to people within the organization and outside. Uh, the stuff at the end of last season was more of a maturity thing. He also was dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, I've been told that the new staff and both and Aaron Moorhead are both very big fans of his. I think he's a lock, and I think uh, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll have the stretch that he did beforehand that we saw, but I think he'll definitely be a serviceable wide receiver. Dallas Goddard. Yeah, he's he's your he's your new Zach Ertz, definitely a lock. So I have Richard Rodgers, and my logic here was if they trade Zach Ertz, Richard Rodgers is almost guaranteed to be the number two tight end. Uh, what's your thoughts? I'm putting a hesitant lock because I really think Jack Stoll is going to make this roster. I really do, okay. and I think he can do that. Yeah, that's a hesitant lock. All right, that's fun. Uh, Lane Johnson. Oh, he he'll he'll be back. He's playing here. He's going to finish his career, I think, as an Eagle. He's a lock. I disagree with that, but I agree that he's a lock. Uh, Andre Dillard. Definitely not a lock. And I think he could be a trade piece if he and he's coming in with a new mentality. He looks I mean, he he looked like he's physically ready to go. And if he puts two and two together, it's going to be fun to watch that left tackle spot. I, I think I, 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 I here, here, can I give you can I show you my my logic here? Yeah. Even if he does not win the starting job, I'm not sure there's a team that's going to want to make him their left tackle. Right. So the only way it's worth it to trade Andre Dillard is if you're getting a third round pick or, um, you know, a conditional fourth round pick, something of that nature. And I don't know if you're going to get that based on what he has shown. So I would rather have a strong backup left tackle, which I think there's a lot of potential still there. Um, I also think with the new staff, the, 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 scholarship of being a first round pick is going away if they can get good trade value for him sure but i think andre dillard's going to be on this team in week one uh jordan melotta um i think well let me if jordan yeah. melotta loses this battle it's actually the best case scenario for the eagles because a it means andre dillard's playing very very well but it also means that jordan melotta can play swing tackle um right now they're probably more likely to play sides if andre dillard is the backup. So Andre Diller would be the backup left tackle. Uh, Jack Driscoll would be the backup right tackle. Jordan Melotta would give them more versatility uh, behind the starting lineup. Um, I think that Jordan Melotta has the edge here, but I think that they want Andre Diller to win this job, obviously. You're right. And that would make sense to have him as a swing guy because he's played right tackle beforehand. But and I think it's it, how many times do you find like a six eight three forty six three forty six ta- um, mobile tackle out there? It's it's very rare, and you still have him on a cheap too. So I I, I think you he, he's a lock to make this roster. Yeah, Jordan Mailata is an interesting guy to watch because if he wins the battle, I think you look to extend him. Um, and quickly too. And yeah, well, yeah, no, I I think you're extending him. At, like during final cuts weekend. Like, I, I think that that's a legitimate because he's in the final year of his deal. He's really got one year mileage on him. Either way, you're probably going to get to buy low. I, I, frankly, I would, even if he does lose, I would want to assign him to backup money because you never know. Um, 
And I think he'd be inclined to do that because I don't think this is completely about getting rich quick. I think he loves Stout. I think there's a lot to like about this setup for him. There's not a lot of pressure, even though he lives in in the NFL's most pressure-cooked market. Um, anyway, Jack Driscoll. I was extremely impressed by him at right tackle last year when he had to come in on, on short notice. I know he's dealt with some injuries, but I can tell you the coaching staff loves him. I think he's a lock too because of not only just did he fill in and play well, he's versatile. He still has experience with guard and knowing this team's value and versatility, it, it helps to have a guy like that. So I think he's a lock. I know we're, we're, this is one of our longer podcasts that we've done in a while, but we obviously we've been taking some breaks and, and both of us have been on vacation. So we want to make this an action packed uh, sort of podcast. I'm going to do this really quickly because I think these three are very obvious. Brandon Brooks, Isaac Samalu, Landon Dickerson, and then the fourth would be Jason Kelsey. Are we good on those? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, let me pull up my defensive slash special teams locks. So right there, that's 17 locks. Only, I, you know, I got some pushback from Chris on Andre Dillard and Richard Rodgers. I totally get that. Those would be the two guys that I have the least amount of confidence in of those 17 Let's get to these 18 locks on uh, on special teams. I'm going to run through these uh, first four. Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, and Ryan Kerrigan. Yep, they, they are all here. They're, they're all definitely here. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams. Yep, and I think Williams has a breakout year too. I will tell you this. Uh, again, I, I've talked to people that I, I really trust around the league. Milton Williams is a guy who's got very high upside. He reminds me a lot of Darren Howard uh, from back in the day. He can play every single position on the defensive line. And I think he's the type of guy who is the natural athlete that you feel comfortable using him in multiple roles as a rookie. I don't think it'll be too much for him. All right. Next, uh, Eric Wilson, Alex Singleton, TJ Edwards. Yep. Those are your three. I think those are three starters. Um. I know we, we talk about Edwards' lack of, of range and athleticism, but I wouldn't rule him out for that starting nickel or the, the nickel job outside of Eric Wilson. Uh, I think he's a guy that that is going to surprise people with how much they like him. I've also been told that uh, Davian Taylor, the coach, the new coaching staff, is very high on him. Doesn't mean he'll be a starter, but I think if they can develop him into you know a nickel or dime linebacker, that's a big plus in year two after. Uh, what he did last season. Sean Bradley, your guy, uh, also getting positive marks behind the scenes. Uh, Darius Slay. Oh, if if he's not on this roster, uh, the Eagles are getting, they're, they're going to score 40 or 50 on the Eagles <laughs> with his <laughs> secondary. <laughs> Avante Maddox. He's here. Yeah, I think if he plays really well at the nickel position that first half of the season, you could look into extending him. Uh, Zach McPherson. Yeah, I, he, I think he'll be in there. It, it looks like they, they may have to, they may have to rely on if they don't can't bring anybody else in, they may have to rely on on the outside as, as as a key contributor. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario for him is he's a really good special teams ace. Like he, his work at Texas Tech was <laughs> ridiculous. Like I think he blocked two kicks, um, returned one for a touchdown. Like very good, very good gunner, um, very good size at the position. Rodney McLeod, Anthony Harris. Yep, and, and and seeing that uh that video that uh McLeod posted on uh his Instagram story about a week ago, I think it was, and he's moving around. I 
I would be shocked if he's a, he's available week one. He he's looks like he's moving around okay on that knee. Well, he seems to be telling everybody he's going to be ready ready for week one, which would really be an interesting scenario, right? Like if we could talk about that briefly. I think they're keeping nine to ten defensive backs. If McLeod's ready, I do wonder if they go light on on safeties and do McLeod, Harris, and Kayvon Wallace, who's the the last lock I have on defense. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if they go three there and then go with six at linebacker with uh, Jacoby Stevens, the hybrid player from LSU, the six round pick in there to kind of be like the fourth safety slash the sixth linebacker and also a special teams contributor. And that way they can kind of focus on corner uh, beefing up corner where you're probably going to do, you know, six guys like uh, Slay, Maddox, McPherson, Jaquette, James, and maybe uh, Nate Mater or, uh, you know, Kayvon uh, Webster or something. Or not Kayvon Webster. He's not on the team. I forgot what the... Kayvon Seymour? Yeah, Kayvon Seymour. There you go. Suddenly Seymour. Uh, is making the roster. Sorry, that was bad. My wife thinks I'm a terrible singer, but that was pretty bad even for me. Uh, Down singer, Mike K. I'm a crooner, is what they call me. (laughs) Old old brown eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. I'm ejecting. Oh, wait. I'm ejecting. Oh, wait. I didn't realize that. I had brown I'm eyes. I'm ejecting. Wait. Oh, oh, no. Oh, I totally realized that. <laughs> wow. I'm ejecting. <laughs> didn't really think that one through. Uh, 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 oh, God. Uh, uh, do, do you need a tissue? I would say I would offer you a tissue, but if you're old brown eyes, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, man. Really fell into that one. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, oh man. Frank Sinatra would be proud. Uh, <laughs> so would my local plumber. But uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I now have a new wow. name. I'm, I'm now going to have a new uh, nickname on Twitter. Yeah, sure. Oh. My mom used to say that my eyes are brown because I'm full of it, but you know, <laughs> clearly this is this oh, is not gosh. working out. I did not think that went through at all. Um, oh wow! Welcome back to the No Huddle Show podcast. <gasps> On that note, uh, my last two locks: uh, I've got Jake Elliott and Rick Lovato, Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler Rick Lovato. Yep, and I'm glad you left Sippos out of it because I still have a lot of questions when it comes to that punter position. And you can, I, and Morehead, more said uh, from the Saints, former Saints kicker. He's he think he's out there, but I'm I'm not put saying him especially. And you can get a lot of punters off the uh, who are competing for his spots on totally other teams. Agree. So totally so agree. I have complete questions about Sippos going forward. So that brings us. To the fun, um, shameless plug section of the of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to uh, the uh, the No Huddle Show podcast. Uh, more jokes and terrible nicknames and uh, <laughs> obscure movie reviews coming your way throughout the year. Uh, I feel like Chris and I have really hit our stride, uh, and he's got the, the case of the giggles right now. 
So make sure you give us a five-star rating. Um, I'm sure that those will include Mr. Brown Eyes uh, or Old Brown Eyes as, as some of the comments, but that's fine. It's the now. I'm Mr. Brown Eyes. <laughs> oh, no. Songs. There's too many songs, yes. Um, anyway. Well, there's Brown Eyed Girl, right? Isn't that? Yeah. Nobody yeah, made fun good. of that one. Uh, anyway. Uh I'm just a brown-eyed boy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Anyway, uh, hopefully I'll get some sleep. Hopefully Chris will get some water so he doesn't get the hiccups. Thank you guys for joining us in the No Huddle Show podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure, again, to subscribe. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Um, We love talking to you guys and interacting with you and having wonderful conversations about pretty much anything. So sign up for Eagles Extra, and let's have some fun. We'll see you soon.